Wow. Look at all of this. I never pictured all of this in the temple at Passover. There are so many people. I, I had heard rumors about this, bigger than any other festival, they said, but I still, I had no idea it would be like this. Even though I got sick traveling here to Jerusalem, I'm so glad that I'm here. I'm so happy to be celebrating Passover here uh, at the temple in Jerusalem. Well, actually, the city's really crowded, so I'm staying outside the city walls, but still here at Jerusalem for Passover. I had heard that you can get everything that you need for Passover here. And it's true. It's not just lambs, but there's cattle, and there's, there's doves, and there's everything that you need for the sacrifices. Kind of glad I didn't bring my own lamb. I don't think it would have passed the inspection of the priests. Easier to get here anyway. Wait, they want what? For a lamb? I have never paid that kind of price for a lamb before in my life. I know it's unblemished and it's just the right age for the sacrifice, but still, if they overcharge for everything that we need, the, the herbs and the grain and the wine and everything else, I'll barely be able to afford the Passover meal. Nobody told me about outrageous inflated festival prices. Guess I better go see the, the money changers. <laughs> Trade in my coins for shekels so that I can buy things here and, and pay the temple tax. You gotta be kidding me. That is not a fair rate of exchange. This is so unfair. Wait, did I just hear someone say that the high priest's family runs this marketplace? Court of the Gentiles? This place is like a bazaar. This doesn't seem right. All of this happening here in God's house, they're taking advantage of us because we need all of these things for the Passover right here in God's house. It's loud. It's crowded. They're cheating us. I can't hear anybody reading the scriptures or praying I don't even think I'm in the mood to worship anymore. I'm so angry now. This is what Jesus and others walked into when they were there to prepare to celebrate the Passover. He was angry too. He was angry with what they had done to his father's house. They had made it into a marketplace. He could see the things that were wrong he heard the things that were wrong. He could look straight into the hearts where things were wrong. And he was angry. The people on the receiving end of his righteous anger were not there for the right reasons. Let me ask you a question. Why are you here this morning? Some of you are thinking, that's the dumbest question you could possibly ask me. Others of you are thinking a little bit, considering yourself and church. For others, the answer comes pretty quickly, because this is what the wife wants. 
or because mom and dad make me. Maybe you're here for some other reason. But whether we're here for the right reasons today, or whether we know we're not here for the right reasons today, <coughs> we're, going, <coughs> we're going to have to think about why we come to God's house and what's supposed to happen when we're here. Because what Jesus did and said at the temple that day are going to force us to. Today we learn from Jesus how to worship. Worship is a, a much bigger thing than just coming to God's house, of course. God in his word tells us that, that our entire lives are worship of him as we live for him. But he also specifically tells us to set aside uh, some, a day each week to worship for him. Number three on God's stone tablet top ten list is remember the Sabbath day by setting it apart as holy. There were a number of other expectations God had for his people for worship. One of them was celebrating the Passover each year. And this is why we find Jesus faithfully following his Father's will, going to the temple. He was going there to prepare for his worship of his heavenly Father. This is what Jesus always did. Synagogue on Saturday, Jerusalem for the festivals, always, always following his Father's will with a perfect heart. <clears throat> Sadly, I know people who stubbornly fight against the idea that a Christian needs to go to church. I don't understand this. <laughs> I get that we fight the temptation to not come to church sometimes. We all have a sinful nature that wants to follow its desire and not God's desires. So, so that's something we probably all need to repent of uh, from time to time. But it seems a little crazy to think that God uh, isn't interested in us coming to his house regularly. And to him, this is a high priority item. It always has been. Just think about it for a moment. It's one of God's Ten Commandments. One of those things that still stands. An expectation that God still has for people. Or think back to the tabernacle. The detailed instructions God gave to his people for, for building it and instructions for the priests and the Levites and, and all the sacrifices. Or think of how Jesus was always going to worship. Or think of the, the New Testament churches that we hear about in the book of Acts and in Paul's letters where groups of Christians would gather every Sunday. Or think of the letter to the Hebrews where we're told <coughs> to not neglect meeting together as some have the habit of doing. The person who doesn't have the desire to go to church and thinks that, that they're just fine, a fine Christian, even though they don't do that, they're fooling themselves. Simply, they're, they're following what they want and not what God wants. If this has been your philosophy or something like it up to today, today's the day to turn your heart around. Today's the day to repent. God has always wanted his people to gather for worship, 
and he still does. And a Christian responds to God's call to worship out of love for him. Of course, God doesn't want us to just be physically present here in his house as if we're just meeting some sort of uh, expectation that he has, and this is somehow going to make him happy. <coughs> He's looking for us to have the proper attitude toward him. Look into the temple courtyard, and you'll find just the opposite of what God is looking for. The people that Jesus was upset with there in the temple, they were there in God's house, but they weren't pleasing to God, even though they were providing things for, for people to worship. Those vendors, those, those money changers, they were treating God's house like a marketplace. This was a big opportunity for them to make money. This was the time, this was the place. Passover was big business. And this is where their hearts were. <laughs> the court of the Gentiles was a place where everyone could go. <clears throat> Men and women could go in there, Jews and Gentiles. It was the place, the only place in the temple that, that Gentiles, non-Jews, could go. And they could go there to, to hear the scriptures being read, and, and they could engage in religious discussions, and, and they could offer prayers to the Lord. But, but these sellers were making it pretty hard for them to do that. They had turned... God's house, which was supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations, into a den of robbers. That's exactly what Jesus said about the merchants and the money changers on another occasion where he cleansed the temple in a very similar way. <coughs> Hearing all of this causes us to <coughs> consider our motives for being in God's house. And I suppose that we can go wrong if we're coming to church and and we're thinking of church and our time here as a, a time to connect with people, uh, make contacts for our business, uh, network a little bit, or, or we're seeing our brothers and sisters in Christ as potential buyers for some side hustle that we've got going. But, but the common ground for sin that, that we have with those who are selling in the temple really has to do with the activity of the heart in worship. Their hearts were far from the Lord. Worshiping God was, was far from the thing that was on their minds. <clears throat> we're guilty of this too. When we're here in church, our minds can be on a lot of other things. Things that interest us instead of, you know, the things of God that should interest us. So our minds, our bodies are here, but our minds are somewhere else. Maybe we're more interested in, in making faces at the cute little kid two pews up and uh, us it's turned around and drawing our attention. Or maybe we're timing the pastor's sermon. Or maybe we're irritated because there's both a baptism and the Lord's Supper in worship and we know this is going to run more than an hour. Or we're thinking about the things that are going to happen after church. Instead of the things that are happening right there in church moment. Whenever we're more interested in things that, that, that we're concerned with rather than the things that, that God is interested in and that are going on here, uh, our sin 
is similar to those who we, we hear about in the court of the Gentiles. Overturned tables might, might remind us to, to turn our hearts back to God. You stand there in the courtyard and you see sheep scurrying and tables tossed and coins clinking and falling to the ground and, and what's your first thought? Shock? Questions about whether Jesus was right to do something like this? We know what the disciples thought. God tells us. The first thing that came to their mind was that something prophetic was being fulfilled, something prophetic that King David had written about in a psalm. Zeal for your house will consume me. Zeal, strong desire, intense feeling. Jesus had this intense love for God's house. It was so intense and so righteous in ways that, that you and I cannot comprehend. So yes, it can be kind of startling to see Jesus do these things. But the perfect Son of God had a perfectly righteous anger and a divine right to bring judgment on those who had soiled the temple with their greed and offended God with hearts that are focused on other things instead of their worship of him. It would have been hard not to focus on Jesus in that moment. The disciples looked at him and they saw in Jesus one who had this great love for God's house, fulfillment of prophecy too. But others there watched and they demanded to know by what authority Jesus did these things. Interestingly, we don't hear that they thought Jesus was wrong about what he said or what he did. What we hear is they wanted to know why he had the authority to put a stop to this. So they asked for proof. And Jesus told them what the proof would be. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Of course, he meant something entirely different from what they understood. They were thinking about the building that they were misusing, but Jesus was talking about the temple of his body, which they would later abuse. All of this went completely over their heads. Eventually, they would destroy the temple of Jesus' body when they crucified him. Their abuses of the Passover worship there in the courtyard were nothing compared to what they did to Jesus. But God used their destruction of Jesus' body and his resurrection, his raising it up in three days to bring forgiveness and salvation to a world full of sinners. And this is the focus when we come to worship, the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is why we come to God's house. We heard Paul in 1 Corinthians that we read earlier, <coughs> we heard that we're here for the message of the cross, to hear about Christ crucified and risen. We're here to be reassured that the one who, who cleansed the temple is also the one who cleanses us with his blood. This is our comfort. This is our joy. This is why we why we're here. This is what we focus on here in worship. 
God speaks to us through his scriptures. He gives new life through baptism. He brings forgiveness of sins and strength of faith through the Lord's Supper. Yes, it's true that we're here and we offer our prayers and our praise to God, but that's not the most important thing that happens here. The most important thing that happens here in God's house is that God comes to us. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give us pure hearts that respond to God's call to worship Him. And that when we are here in God's house, our attention is squarely fixed on Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Please stand.